Welcome back, everyone, to Huddle Up. I'm Josh Kelsky, joined with Dylan Friedland. It's been a while, Dylan, but no better time to record an episode than now when the Florida Panthers are winning a playoff series, something that hasn't been done in forever. Josh, just opinions on the game, just first overall. Being there was maybe the craziest stadium experience I've ever had in my life. Over 20,000 people were in that stadium. That's ridiculous. This is hockey. Most most hockey arenas can only hold 18,000, somewhere around there. The Panthers had 20,000 last night. Oh. It was loud. I mean, that was maybe the loudest I've heard that arena get. And I mean... It got quiet, obviously, once it went down 3-0. I thought, like, I thought people were going to just start leaving. That was, I, I said after the Hornquist goal, it was the loudest I had heard that arena get. Yeah, I was wrong because it got even louder after Verhage made it 4-3. 100%. And people were talking about who were watching on TV. The, what could have been a goal in the first period where Sam Sonov lost a puck behind his pads and the refs blew the whistle. I don't think a single person in the stadium heard the whistle. I didn't. No, I, I didn't hear. I only heard the whistle when I went back and I watched the highlights on Bally. I mean, it, it was, but then the amount of just refs you suck and the booing, that was insane how loud that got as well. We finally turned South Florida into a hockey town. Without question. And I think, especially last night and this series, we have one guy to thank, and that's Carter Verhage. He has been the star of the series. What is it? 10 points, I believe, through five games. He's tied Huberto's record for points in a series, and Huberto did that in six games instead of five. So he has been just everywhere. He's on pace for Conn Smythe. If the Panthers somehow win the Stanley Cup, right now the Conn Smythe goes to Carter Verhage. And he, during the regular season, he didn't have the same regular season that he had the year before, but he's completely woken up now. And it's, I mean, you look at it, Carter Verhage is making $1 million this year. If you want to say, what is Bill Zito's greatest move? I mean, you could say maybe one of those amazing trades. But you can't look past signing Carter Verhage for two years at $1 million, then extending him. I think he's got extended at somewhere around $4 million, which is still a steal for what he's putting up. I mean, to me, this is Bill Zito's greatest move. And it was a pure analytics move when people say, you know, they're not huge on analytics. Well, analytics are what allowed Bill Zito to come out here and find Carter Verhage, find basically the undervalued player, come in, bring him, bring him in for cheap. And he has just been able to flourish playing on that top line with Barkov. Same thing with Sam Bennett. Wasn't incredibly successful on his last team, comes into Florida and just absolutely dominates. Let's talk about goal number one, Dylan. Simple dish from Barkov off the end boards. Who else but Carter Verhage to tuck it in? Finally, the Panthers got a bounce. I don't know. I couldn't tell if Barkov purposely did that. It looked like it was on purpose. At, at least, I mean, the placement of it was so perfect that it looked like it had to be planned for him to bank it off uh, the boards behind the net. I, If it was a shot that he missed that badly, I mean, that's another question. But I don't think he would have missed that poorly. I think it was definitely uh, he just missed wide. And, of course, Our at this point, passed. everyone was silent in the stadium, down 3 nothing. Got that first goal back. Not everyone was as excited as possible, as expected. Um, but definitely, 
you could feel the emotions rising based on the fact that the Panthers have just come back in so many different games this year. I think the uh, the Hornquist goal, the second one on the breakaway, that's when I think I started to think, okay, this is happening. They're going to come back. It wasn't when it was 3-1. I was still like, eh, false hope goal number one. But then Hornquist scores on the breakaway and the place erupts. And I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. I think that's probably when it first went into my head that, okay, yep, they're doing this. And uh, guess who made that pass to Patrick Hornquist? It was Carter Verhage again. Just, and he was, he was tired. He was like at the end of his shift. He was heading to the bench, but he just floated it up ahead to Hornquist on that play. And I think once Hornquist passed the blue line, yeah, the place went crazy. And if it, I, I can't even imagine what would have happened if he missed. I think the whole trajectory of the game's off at that point. You know what I was, I was scared of? I mean, I was watching that live, and my angle, I was back on the other side of the ice. I was so scared they were going to call that offsides because it was close. Uh, I, from my I point sl- of view, it didn't look like that. At least from where I was sitting. I mean, it was because I guess Verhege floated it up in the air. So they book, it looked like they both crossed the blue line at the same time. That was my like initial fear. But then it wasn't. It wasn't really that close when I went back and watched the replay. But that was one of my initial fears. And now at this point, the crowd's into it, back into it, going crazy. And who else? But Carter Verhage shot right in front of the net, jamming away at the puck. And then Sam Reinhart taps it in, and we've got a tie ball game. Brand new game. And at this point, I, I knew that the Panthers were going to win. They weren't yeah. going to go back after that. I was, I, in my head, I was talking to my brother sitting next to me. I'm thinking, okay, this is 2012, game three, when the Panthers went up to New Jersey, were down 3 nothing, and then ended up winning it 4-3. to I'm like, okay, this is the exact same thing. And I think the entire place kind of knew that at that point. Once it was 3-3, because they're like, cardiac cats are at it again. They are just going full speed ahead. And just, it's what they've done this entire season. They lead the league in comebacks by at least three goals. Lead the league in comeback wins. I mean, they do this all the time. No one thought they would do this in the playoffs. And they go out and they do it. And I feel like we've said his name a lot. <laughs> but yeah, the, Carter Verhage, yeah. Yeah, the game-winning goal. Carter Verhage from Barkov flipped one up. Let's talk a little bit about Barkov because I was seeing a lot of tweets saying that Barkov looks invisible. But that's oh, just... People are just crazy. It's not something that I agreed with. I mean, he has five points in five games so far, which for Barkov, it's crazy to think point per game isn't great for Barkov. But his defensive impacts have been great. I've been watching him on the back check a lot. He has been phenomenal just stealing some of these pucks away and trying to start things up the other way. Maybe he's not scoring as much as people are used to, but he's still making an impact. I don't, I don't know. Saw some tweet. His Corsi numbers yesterday, he was over like 70%, 80%. Uh, the high danger opportunities, he was all there. When he was on ice, I think goals were 4-0 to zero in favor of the Panthers. So he is making an impact. Without question, in his just his passing alone is setting up so many opportunities. That four to three goal uh, over to Verhage was Barkov. And he's getting that primary and secondary assist on a ton of goals. And then Verhage, one more assist on the Giroux goal to just finish it off. And what a move by Giroux to just 
completely deke Samsonov out of his uh, skates and just find the open net. That, and I think the entire place kind of knew it went in, even though I don't know who the defender was that just sweeped it away. But I think everyone kind of knew it crossed the goal line, at least in my section. They did. And what made me happy was looking down at the seat beneath me and seeing a Washington Capitals fan who was celebrating when it was 3 nothing, getting towels waved in his face and taking the walk of shame back to the parking lot early. That, that was amazing. It was there, were, and there were not many Capitals fans. You would think, when you think Florida Panthers crowds, in the general course of our history, the only times when we normally break more than like sixteen thousand fans, it's when we're playing a Toronto, when we're playing a Montreal, that are bringing eight to ten thousand fans of their own into our stadium and really overtaking us. But we had twenty thousand fans there. I don't think there were more than four hundred Capitals fans. I completely agree. Just walking through the concourse area in between periods. By the way, uh, the group of friends I was with, we made it on ESPN. Yeah, and yeah. Your, your hot dog costume and the bananas. Gosh, so stupid. Hey, I, I wouldn't doubt that you're going to wear it next game. because I am just not wearing a hot dog costume. I am not wearing a hot do- I'm going to leave that up to Hawk. Hawk, Hawk <laughs> has the hot dog costume on mock. <laughs> You want attention, Dylan. You'll wear whatever you want to take it. I like, okay, my jersey's working, all right? Two straight games in the JetBlue jersey, so I'm keeping that for whenever the next game is. Hopefully it's not game seven. Hopefully it's game one of the second round. Um, because hopefully. they can finish it off tomorrow. Can it's we talk a little bit? There. Oh, one second. Yeah. I believe tonight there are four elimination games. Yeah, yep. All of those 3 two games fun. right now. Some good hockey on TV. I kind of want Tampa to win, though. I, I feel like the Panthers, I don't know why. I feel like they match up better against Tampa. Uh, I, I really, if the Panthers play the type of hockey that they played last night, especially in the second half of the game, I think that they can take pretty much every team right now. I, I think they can as well. Uh, I mean, it's not really a question. I mean, but Toronto is just going to put up a lot more goals than Tampa will. That's my one concern. And also, for selfish reasons, I kind of want to go to an away playoff game. So if they play Tampa, Okay. I would make it up to Tampa for a game three or four. I want to get rid of Tampa fans right now. But imagine imagine if we are the ones that eliminate Tampa. How great would that feel if we're the ones that finally beat Tampa? It reminds me a little bit of Washington in 2018 when they finally won the Cup. Pittsburgh had won the Stanley Cup the previous two years. And then Washington plays Pittsburgh in round two. And Washington finally beats Pittsburgh to get rid of the demons as a with their radio guy has that incredible call uh that I that would be the dream for me i think tampa's more beatable well first of all we have to get to the second round in the yeah. first place but I, i'm with you i don't think it really matters to be honest but the benefit of getting rid of tampa is also their fans who like to yep. tweet about the panthers nonstop and tweet more about the panthers than they do tampa yep Yep, yep, yep. And I think they're very beatable as well. I mean, Vasilevsky hasn't looked all that great against Toronto. So if he's not at the top of his game, I think the Panthers can take him and take the team as a whole. Campbell as well for Toronto. Yeah. We'll and see what goes on tonight. While we're talking about goalies, we need to talk about Sergei Bobrovsky. Oh, yeah. I mean, I at least through the first three goals, I was like, okay, this isn't a great Bob start. But then the second half of the second period and the entire third might have just been the greatest playing of 
Sergei Bobrovsky's Panther career. Like, I, I three goals given up isn't great. Washington had over five expected goals. So Bob still had over two goals saved above expected. He was phenomenal the second half of the game. Bob has been terrific. Well, he's been great all year, but terrific after that game against Toronto as the season was wrapping up. Yeah. And he's getting aggressive with these kick saves. Rebound control is there. And he's coming up with those big saves when he needs to, especially late when Washington pulled the goalie. They had some A-plus chances, and Bob was there to shut the door every single time. Yeah. He, he, I mean, in this series as well, there's really not much you can blame on him. If anything, you just give him credit for some of these wins. I mean, the Panthers won game four, large part due to Sergei Bobrovsky. They won last night, large part due to Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, it was a type of game where Washington still won the expected goals battle. But Bob kept them in it the entire time. It could have easily gotten away from them if Bob didn't make some more saves. And, I mean, that's true for basically this entire series. And truly, for the most part, he shut down Ovi. It's just TJ Oshie that's playing the playoff hockey that he's always played. Yeah. And I'm Ovi hasn't – he has maybe two points on the series. He hasn't done much, maybe a few more. But I loved at least the crowd at the start of the game. They were booing whenever TJ Oshie had the puck. So oh, that was yeah. just another part of the crowd that I kind of loved last night. My section was giving it to him the entire time. Oh, that was just so much fun. Something that I've never seen before. Sitting in the lower bowl, looking up. I've never seen the third bowl that packed yeah. ever. And there were a couple open seats. That's it. No more than a couple. But normally you see the brown shaded seats up there. There were none. No, it was... I don't think I've been to a game that was that full in my life. I mean, and walking through the concourse, you could feel it. It took me, I, so after warmups, when I was trying to go up to the upper level, it took me a good minute just waiting in line to get up that escalator. I've never had that happen before. It was packed. And was, especially on the concourse level, yeah. um, when we were walking through, of course, that's when ESPN saw us and decided they had to have us on TV. Um, there, there were times where walking through the food court areas, trying to get to the other side to the other sections, that you had – it's not just squeezing by people. You're barely making it through people. That's how many people were there. It, incredible. And, I mean, it's just going to – I wonder if I'll keep getting – I don't know how much more you can get than 20000 because I don't know how much standing room-only seats they really have that they were selling. But it's going to keep getting larger just the more that – the more, the longer this uh, playoff run goes on. And listen, we've been to sellout games before. They're nothing like these games. No, no. Playoff hockey is a completely different breed. I think it's safe to say that playoff hockey may be the best playoff of any sport. 100%. I, I don't think it's even comparable. Playoff hockey is so much better. Like, And I, I'm not a huge basketball fan myself. And I've been trying to follow the heat a little bit, but I, I playoff hockey just doesn't compare. It is so much better than every other sport in the playoffs. The energy, the environment in the stadiums, just to play on the ice improves that much. It's it's I love playoff hockey. And if Even you can't make it to the games, you have the benefit of getting to listen to Steve Goldstein, Randy Muller, and Doug Plagans as well. I've been listening to his game recaps, and they're phenomenal. The energy that he gets matches the crowd. 
And you I guess Golden does the same thing. You can just tell how much like they're getting into it as well. And hopefully we only get one more game with Goldie this season because hopefully they'll take it. They'll end it in game six. And then, unfortunately, no Goldie for later rounds. But we'll get to listen to those ESPN and TNT guys. Uh, but, yeah. And I'm pretty sure Doug gets to call. The yeah, rest Doug, of the game. Doug, will, Doug will get to do everything. I believe the radio guys stay with it. I hope they get a camera on him. I think it was the Islanders last year that had the camera yeah, on, on their Brendan radio. Burke. On Brent, or yeah, they had it on. Well, they had it on both Brendan Burke and uh, their radio guy. Because the radio guys are a part of the team. Mm-hmm. They're hired by the team. So they have the opportunity to root for the team and get excited. I mean, Doug, I, can't, I don't know how he has a voice. Just Doug, Dougie thing. always feels like when he does a goal call, it always feels like he's holding his breath almost as he just goes off and a shot and they score. I, I love Doug. It's great. Uh, they, we, we have some really great broadcasters, at least for the Panthers, and I am thrilled. Uh, yeah. Can we, do we want to talk a little bit about this heart race and how Huberto kind of might have gotten uh, snubbed Huberto. a little bit? Yeah. I, just just I got released now. Yeah, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, and Igor Shesterkin. I mean, what do you I think? think? Shesterkin deserves it the yep. most. Yeah, but, but I think we know Shesterkin should win it. Here's the thing. I mean, looking at these playoffs and looking how the Rangers have played when Shesterkin's not at his top level, it kind of shows you just how much Igor deserves it. I think he should win the heart, and I said that even when Huberto was running in, that he should have been it. I understand Matthews getting there, 60 goals, and then McDavid, I guess. Going to give it to Matthews. It'll probably be Matthews. I think also the Toronto bias plays a role in that as well. And then McDavid finished with more points than Huberto, so I guess, you know, I guess he can and It makes it. sense. It's just frustrating that Huberto put together such an amazing season, a career year, and he's not going to get rewarded for it. However, if they continue on in the playoffs and try and make a run at the Cup, I guess that's his hard work paying off. I, th- I think he'll take a cup over a heart trophy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think every every player on the Panthers would. And it doesn't look – I mean, I, it was, it's crazy to think they'll be a President's Trophy winner and not get much hardware because of Lundell not getting any uh, Calder top three votes. But I guess he missed some time with injury, so that makes sense. Maybe Brunette mm-hmm. gets the uh, Jack Adams. I guess that's – or maybe Zito gets GM of the year. That's just something we'll have to wait and see. Well, I, that's another topic I want to talk about is Bruno. Um, after game four, we're right before game four. People were questioning his every action. Some people even asking for Coach Q back. And people forget about the fact that Brunette played a massive role in changing the lines with Coach Q. And he completely switched everything up game four. And the Panthers just played great hockey. They didn't finish as well as they could have on scoring opportunities. But the defense significantly improved with Sherratt and Ekblad together. Uh, he changed up those lines. And I think he's doing his best. He's making a great push to try and keep his job or maybe get promoted at the end of this playoff run. I think I'd agree. I, I don't even want to really entertain any of the Q stuff just because that's just, yeah, I don't obviously. want to bother getting into that. Um, I think if they win the series, he's definitely staying. There's really no way that you can get rid of him Let's if he improve wins the series. Exactly. Doing something they haven't. One, he won the President's Trophy. 
to even, I mean, to even think that you're possibly getting rid of a coach that just won the president's trophy is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Although and I frankly, understand well, you know who's saying that are the people that don't watch the regular season and just watch the playoffs and make all their decisions solely based off that. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I guess through the first three games, they didn't look particularly great. And I can understand that and saying, okay, wh- when are these adjustments going to happen? He made the adjustments. They've come back. They've won two straight games. He made the adjustments. They've looked like the better team in these last two games. At least, I guess, the first 10 minutes, maybe, of the first period yesterday, they didn't look great. But I feel like that uh, happened in the regular season as well. Yeah, they, they start slow, which, I mean, that's not something you really want to see very often. But he won the President's Trophy. They've now won two straight games. He has the Panthers in a position to do something they haven't done in 26 years. You win the series, he definitely gets that interim tag taken off, if that's what he wants. I've heard some things that maybe he doesn't want it taken off. I don't know what the story is exactly. Um, I know he went on, I believe it was the Joe Rose show, and said the only reason we we haven't had any conversations yet because he doesn't want any distractions. So that's definitely a, a good thing, that he doesn't want those distractions. He just wants to focus on the hockey right now. But in the come offseason time, if they win the series, I think he should – the tag should be taken off. And if they lose, well, I guess it kind of depends on how they lose, but I still think he won the president's trophy. You kind of have to keep him around. One thing I really like about him is his temperament. Um, He's a great interviewer or interviewee based on just how he speaks to the press. I also really like his energy on the bench. Uh, He's more reserved, but obviously when something happens, you saw the, video of the bench that the NHL posted in game four. I just love seeing that because I love seeing the coaches get excited. You see Derek McKenzie jumping up and down, Andrew Burnett. And overall, I mean, when he, he stands up for his players, the referees. Of course, he gets ejected when he asks what happened on a penalty. So stupid. I don't know what happened there. He just asked and he got kicked out. But he is there for his team. He's putting the team on his shoulders. And hopefully, I'm hoping for the sake of the Panthers, obviously, as a fan, but for Brunette to get past this first series and win it. I I just hope the best for him because what he's done in this first year, getting put in a position that 99% of coaches don't get put in to dominating the NHL in the regular season and now having the first playoff lead and forever, I'm just hoping the best for him. I, I, I agree. I, it's great. And I just love the emotion on his face. I mean, I remember after that TJ Oshie hit on Bennett that Kuznetsov then goes and scores, Bally Sports Florida showed Brunette on the screen, and he was angry. You could, like, read the curse words he was mouthing. Uh, and I, I love how he sticks up for his players like that. Now, it's completely separate note. What were the Islanders thinking? Getting rid of Barry Trotz. I mean, look, I, I've had opinions about Lou Lamorello for a while, and I've never really thought Lou was a great GM. Him winning GM of the year over Brunette or over Zito was kind of a joke, especially after he traded away Devontae's for two seconds. I think it was kind of a situation where Lou's job might have been on the hot seat. So by firing Barry Trotz, it's kind of him saving face a little bit. Uh, hoping to keep his job by getting rid of Trotz. I think it's just ridiculous. Although there was something I was seeing where maybe Matt Barzell wasn't a huge fan of Trotz. And 
Strauss, yes, I will give him that he does not play a lot of young players a lot. Uh, the Islanders did have some good players like Oliver Wallstrom, who Barry Trotz did not get much playing time. Um, maybe that plays a role in it, and he wasn't getting the most out of his superstars in Matt Barzell. However, he's still a top three to five coach in the league. It was that, – that shocked me. I was blown away when I saw that. And what bothered me is that looking at Twitter, Panthers Twitter more specifically after Trotz was fired, everyone was like, can we hire him during the playoffs? Not giving Brunette a shot. Brunette's work with this team. He coaches in a similar way that Q did because they were together for so long. And especially yesterday, look at what happened. The comeback. Look at the lines. Look at the D lines. After that first, I'd say, 28 minutes of the game, that Panthers team is not getting beat by anyone. And I don't even, I wouldn't even say that in the second period. I mean, that second goal was like a big fluky goal where just nobody could clear the puck. Bob couldn't cover it. I'm not even blaming like that on any systems or line changes. The third one, that's, I mean, that's a two on one. That's just not great. But the Panthers give up Ottoman rushes because of the system they play. I don't think they got outplayed in any part of that second period. The only time I thought they got outplayed was the first 10 minutes of the first period. The rest of the game, I think they controlled play. And also in game four as well, that first goal bouncing off of a skate or a shin guard, getting past Bob. Bob had no shot on it just because it took such a deflection. There's not really much of the Panthers being outplayed. I'd say since game one, they probably got outplayed. Um, game three as well. Game three, and they also got goal lead a bit, but yeah. Yeah. What is Sam Sonoff doing? He's he's a brand new goalie since the end yesterday, of the Yesterday, they finally beat him. But I mean, he goes into the playoffs under 900 save percentage. And then I think he was course. at 943 before the start of the game yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He's he's been crazy through those, through the three and a half games that he's played. Basically, um, luckily they finally beat him. I want to talk about this. Jamison Olive just tweeted, Gustav Forsling is a plus nine in the playoffs so far, and plus minus is a terrible stat, and I hate using plus minus. But in the playoffs, in the playoffs, and when the games have kind of been close, and a, when we've been blown out in a game, and Forsling is still a plus nine. He has been phenomenal, and that's just another Bill Zito acquisition where we got him for free. He was a waiver pickup uh, that we got Forsling on. You so, could make the argument that he's a top three pickup. In Zito's thing, I mean, if you're talking about in terms of what we gave up to give and including making that nothing, yes, easily. Um, I still think, I think I'd rather, I think Reinhardt, Verhage, Giroux is probably, I'd put, Drew and Reinhardt over Forsling in terms of the better players, but in terms of what we've given to get back easily, easily. His defense is nothing short of terrific. And also Mackenzie Weger last night is back to his regular season self. Puck control. He's controlling the puck when he has it, and he's getting in the right position to either block shots or force the puck along the boards. That also brings me to the next thing. Maxime Mammon. In this playoff series, who are you putting in? Mason, Marchman, or Mammon? If Marchman's healthy. Marchman, easily. 
You think so? Yes. My, I, I love Marchman. I mean, I, I came into the season saying Marchman was going to have a career career year, which I mean, oh, he had a own. terrific yeah. season. Um, and I think Marchman's a better player. I would, I am fine with Marchman on that top line. I don't think Mammon can slot into that top line, but Marchman easily can. Uh, Marchman's ability to forecheck, get down deep, I think is great. He makes some great passes. Marchman is the player you want for playoff hockey. He, plays, he just needs to be slightly more disciplined. Yes, but he plays physical as a result, and it's playoff hockey. But I 100% I take Marchman over Mammon. Um, I would I I want to see Lomberg back in there. Mammon had an okay game. I wouldn't mind slotting Achari out of there and bringing Lomberg back in. Uh, I don't know what Lomberg did to really deserve getting taken out of the lineup after one game because I thought he was great in the regular season. Of course, he had that amazing game three goal uh, last year against Tampa. So I wouldn't mind seeing Lomberg slot back in, but I don't know exactly where he would come in. He just seems like a guy that is made for playoff hockey. Yeah. And I guess Marchman is that guy too. The only thing I was going to say is that Mammon controlled the boards really well last night. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's what we have a lot of guys that do. I mean, a lot of the guys we have are really great at, you know, taking it off the boards and putting it in a more favorable position towards the middle of the ice. And that's really what, our guys do. I think that's a big part of our system is making great plays off the boards and putting it into the center of the ice for guys with speed uh, to come in and bring it up. And it's just what we see. I mean, you look at that Carter Verhage play towards Patrick Hornquist. That's exactly what he did. Verhage had it along the boards, floated it towards the middle of the ice for Hornquist on the breakaway. Yeah, it's kind of just how our system works. Now the power play on the other hand, it nah. looked a little bit better last night. They only had, I think, two opportunities last night, and the second one looked fine. It, it looked better. They controlled the zone at least, but it has not been good. What are they, 0 for 15 now? Yep, yep. And they came into the playoffs sixth best in the league. Uh, Washington had the 12th best penalty kill, which isn't great. Not bad, but not great. But the Panthers had sixth best power play. But I don't before, know. If- was it Barkov who took that penalty, uh, the high-sticking? on Samsonov, the Panthers had a power play. Yeah. And that was at a point in the game where if they were going to get that power play goal, that's where it was going to happen. They had all the momentum in the world at that point. Yeah, and obviously that got erased. That's the only time I got nervous with uh, the, at that point in the game mm-hmm. when it kind of killed all momentum, that four-on-four. But the penalty kill has been great. Yeah, and I mean, I don't mind them playing four-on-four. Because I said this uh, about game four when they went four on four. It was the first time the Panthers looked in, like they dominated because they had the open space. And with that open space like right there, it prevents Washington from running the trap. They can't run that one three one anymore uh, when it's four on four because there's just too much open ice for the Panthers to use. And when the ice is open like that and the Panthers can use their speed, they prove that they're the better team. So I don't really mind them going four on four. Of course, I'd rather than get a power play goal, but four on four, they still dominate play. Just everything about this team at this point. We saw what they did in the regular season. No matter how many goals they were down by, you knew they had a shot. And we saw that team again. In game four, you saw it a little bit, but you really saw the true Florida Panthers team. And the, ho- the hockey they've played all year last night. And if they continue that in the playoffs, this could be their year. They have to win the next game. I do not want to be at FLA Live Arena on Sunday. 
please no. I I have we have prom Saturday night. If like, can they please just finish this series tomorrow? Let us enjoy prom without any stress and just go into the expecting game one to be Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Just please, Panthers, break this curse. It's Friday the thirteenth. Literally, tomorrow is Friday the thirteenth. If there was ever a day to break a twenty-six year curse. Make it tomorrow. I can't find a way to get to DC and be back in time for prom. I want to so badly, but I just want to try that chicken sandwich. But um, just please, Panthers, please save us the stress. Win this game seven to zero. Just go out and dominate. Do what you did the second half of last night's game, the entire 60 minutes. Play a full 60 and just dominate. Please, Panthers, please. One more thing. Okay. At the end of yesterday's game, we saw what happened with Ekblad, a little scuffle. Ekblad got full-on punched with his glove on. With Who, who was it on Washington? Oh, I don't honestly. even know. I, 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 was, I was so hyped. I was jumping up and down. I couldn't even tell. Well, whoever it was didn't like what Ekblad did. And he turned around with his glove on and punched Ekblad in the face. I I don't think I've ever seen a fight start that way. It's it's certainly an interesting. I mean, it's a. I'm sure no penalties and no suspensions or anything like that. But it's what we've come to expect. Playoff hockey, I guess. Crazy things uh, happen in playoff hockey. Yeah, and I, as of course we get later in the series and hopefully move on to the next series. I think the whistles come out of the refs' mouths just a little bit more. Yeah. The, the, they will lay off. They, they do not want to be the cause of any certain game, even though it's been largely in favor of Washington throughout the series. Multiple goals as a result of the referees. But we don't have to get into that right now. The Panthers are up 3-2, to two and that's what matters. Yep, and I, I'm just upset about the Sam Bennett hit. Luckily, yeah. he's okay. I mean, he had to get stitches. He was Luckily, bleeding. he's okay. I mean, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, if TJ Oshie gets suspended, the Panthers win that game easily. Oshie had two of the goals for Washington, so that game's a completely different story if Oshie ends up getting suspended for that hit. But he the didn't. TJ Oshie plays in the playoffs is nothing short but incredible. I don't he, know how he does because he's getting I, up in age. I have always been a huge TJ Oshie fan. I mean, Oshie was the one who had that incredible moment in the shootout. I don't remember what that was. It was if it was the Olympics or what it was. Maybe some yeah, tournament. Yeah, TJ Sochi. Yeah, I, rem- I remember that. I think it was 2014. I remember that. And I, I've always been a huge TJ Oshi fan. Really, since then, uh, I hated that hit on Bennett, though. But I mean, he's he's just so fun to watch. I mean, as a pure hockey standpoint fan, Oshi is just really incredible to watch. Game six tomorrow at 7:30. You know where to find Dylan at Miami Guy Dylan on Twitter, and you know where to find me at Josh Kelsky on Twitter. Tomorrow night is when the impossible could happen. On Friday the 13th, Panthers at Capitals. Are you ready? <laughs>